0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters
1: Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to this episode of Reporters Without Orders. Technically, in this episode, we are without orders because Abhinandan isn't here and we are recording way off time. I've heard Abhin- something to say, no? Yeah, about Abhinanda.
2: because Abhinandan is busy celebrating Valentine's Day <laughs> in Europe. <laughs> no,
1: that's <laughs> <Jaram>?
3: wrong. <laughs>
2: he isn't in Europe, though. So no, he's. Uh, he, he was attending Harvard uh, India conference. Harvard
1: India conference, right? Uh,
2: so he isn't here.
1: Yeah. So on the panel we have Nidhi. Hello. We have Amit. Hello. <laughs> we have Sahla. Hello. Rohin is missing in action. He's in warm, warm Kerala. Yeah. <laughs> so jealous. Mm. So. Uh, welcome to this episode where we are going to talk about what made news and what didn't, but what should have. So, beginning with Nidhi. Nidhi, what do you want to talk about in this podcast?
3: Um, regarding what made too much news, I don't think it made too much news, but I think it made the wrong kind of news. So yesterday, the Supreme Court restrained the JNK police from taking any action against Major Aditya Kumar, who ha- against whom an FIR has been filed for the killing of civilians in Shopaya. This happened in the uh, end of January. And um, so what to give you a context of what exactly happened, Mufti had ordered an investigation. Uh, BJP, their coalition partner, had asked Mufti to withdraw uh, the FIR and said that another one should be filed without naming anyone. But she refused. And uh, very soon, Mr. Swami threatened Mufti to withdraw the FIR or else their government would be toppled. Uh, he also questioned uh, Nirmala Sitaraman, our defense minister's silence on the matter and said, asked if her silence should be taken as a yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, uh, uh, Raman gave a statement where she clearly said, now the issue is yet to be heard by the court, but she said, we stand by our soldiers and our army. If they have performed something in the line of duty, it has to be contextualized. Republic TV started their reportage by showing clips of the Republic Day. And said that these were our soldiers. (laughs) And then they shifted to the Chopayan case where they said they were attacked by an extremely violent and menacing lynch mob. Uh, There was absolutely no need to show the Republic Day clips. Uh, And they also had a hashtag called India for Major Aditya. Wow. Uh, So what I wanted to talk about was how when a case is yet to be heard, if the defense minister is going to clearly show her bias, if... National media is clearly going to show a bias. You're not allowing f- a fair trial to take place. Mm. And I think the media just need to take a step back and do just an unbiased reporting of this, that these are the events taking place and not start giving their opinions. And so, and even the politicians should take that stance. Um, so yeah, I think if the media just holds a debate on how a debate is held, it might reveal a lot about uh, what people feel it about might. Kashmir. Yeah. Um, what was underplayed was uh, the KS exams. That's the Kashmir administrative mm-hmm. exams. Um, this is scheduled to take place on the fifteenth of February, and there's been and it's a process that should have been completed in a year, but has now taken close to two and a half years because of delays and really gross mistakes committed by the officials. So the first time the exam, uh, there's a preliminary exam that's held. So when the students sat for that exam and the results came out, some of the students felt like the results were wrong. So they went, they filed a RTI seeking to show the answer key. So when the answer key was finally shown, it was uh, seen that there was huge mistakes in the answer key which meant that the 400 students who had failed had suddenly passed and the 400 students who passed have now failed and this took a couple of months Mm -hmm. to happen so they were already preparing for the main exam so these 400 students in the second list who failed approached the court and said this is completely unfair so the court said that uh, now you have to let everybody take part like both the lists of students who'd failed to take part in the exams. The uh, J&K Public Services Commission uh, approached the court two weeks back. This is when the exams are going to happen in two weeks and said that we can't allow the 400 students mm-hmm. who failed in the second list to sit for the exams. So altogether, while a uh, case again is in is in court, they are going to conduct the exam. And when I spoke to the chairman, we're doing mm-hmm. a story on it. So when I spoke to the chairman, uh, he just said that... Uh, we, they will take the test, and if they, if the court decides that they are not valid to sit for the exam, mm-hmm. they just their papers will just be disqualified.
1: But did this not find any mention in the Kashmir papers as well? Yeah, I mean, even in Kashmir papers, because there has been so many attacks
3: in the last two weeks in Jammu and Srinagar, uh, it's not taken any sort of headlines. And mm-hmm. some of the students I spoke to also expressed this, that the media somehow just doesn't want to talk about this because it's not the usual Kashmir narrative. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of issues, like there's also the age issue, right? So these are competitive exams that you sit for repeatedly. So, if it's going to take two and a half, three years to complete one round, Mm -hmm. someone who might have to sit multiple times might just not be able to. And then there's also the cold. Yeah, so the cold, uh, uh, another student was telling me that usually they make really bad heating arrangements. Mm -hmm. So, if you're going to conduct exams in this weather and not have proper heating arrangements, it is going to affect the performance of the students.
1: I don't know how much I would agree to that student because it is you're asking the examiner or Mm -hmm. the uh, university conducting the exam to make certain arrangements. That is, I think, a student's personal opinion. Yeah, but if you're sitting like in minus
3: temperature and sitting Mm -hmm. and trying to write an exam and there's absolutely no facility for heating, then you are
1: also going to complain that I can't write this exam. There we are going from basic facilities to facilities of comfort. We, I don't think it's comfort Maybe I think the students it's basic should be allowed necessity. to
2: carry their own heaters Room heaters to the examination really, hall Really
1: Amit, <laughs> seriously man So, so yeah. Amit What do you have for us today
2: Okay so uh, Kashmir is Very much a news And uh, what I'm going to refer Is completely different from what is being Talked about yes uh, The news about terror attacks People dying in Kashmir uh, are important But when it comes to, you know, a kind of uh, holding people responsible, the government responsible for what is happening in Kashmir, what we see on television debates and news channels and even in newspapers for that matter is you know, we are constantly uh, pointing at leaders such as Mehbooba Mufti, who is chief minister of Jammu and Kashmir, uh, leaders from the Congress, uh, be it Manishankar Aiyar or some or someone else. But I mean... Can we just think for a moment, are these leaders really responsible for what is happening in Kashmir or is uh, the Tukade Tukade gang, quote unquote, going to decide what's happening Mm -hmm. in Kashmir uh, for the uh, losses that we are uh, suffering in Kashmir because Mm -hmm. of the terror attacks? So who is responsible? I think the central government is responsible. The defense minister is responsible. And the questions, the hard-hitting questions should be asked from the central government, which is not happening. I have a few figures in front of mm-hmm. us. The fatalities in uh, terrorist violence since 1998 to 2018. This is uh, These are the records maintained by the SATP.org. Now, if you go through the records, after 2008, I repeat, after 2008, in 2016 and 17, uh, we have... Witnessed highest number of casualties, fatalities when it comes to terror violence. In 2016, there were 88 security personals. Wow. In 2017, 83 of security per- personals, uh, you know, kind of uh, the fatality when, it, when we are talking about in, in terms of fatalities. Similarly, mm. uh, the overall number. Uh, in 2016 was 267, and in 2017 was 358. So clearly you can see a surge. So this is the government, the Narendra Modi government or the Bharatiya Janta Party government, or the NDA for that matter, got the mandate, the massive mandate in 2014, one of the biggest poll plank, was that they'll teach a lesson to Pakistan. Now whether they have been able to teach a lesson to Pakistan is a question. If we look at these numbers, Possibly, it reflects what the government has been able to do. Also, accusing or attacking a chief minister in uh, Jammu and Kashmir for, uh, you know, suggesting to have talks with Pakistan. So, what options do we have? Hmm.
3: Like what but option? I think that's uh. also reflective of the rift that's coming up between BJP and PDP. I don't think this is. is it? They're actually. Hmm. I don't think they're actually targeting her for that because they have also been saying talks, talks, talks. It's hmm. so the whole point of. No, I'm
2: talking about the media. So are yeah, you saying that media is also changing the mood? That's
3: the problem mode? with the media, right? It, it, when you report on politics or when you report such issues, it just becomes about like they said this, they said that.
2: So you select the mood uh, which BJP is on. If BJP believes in talks, so you, you back talks with Pakistan.
3: I don't understand. I'm saying
2: the media would back talks with Pakistan only when the BJP is uh, in favor of no, talks with Pakistan. No, I guess the media
3: should also recognize that this this PDP-BJP rift or this PDP-PJP difference is coming because like there is an election approaching. There's, there is so many things, right? In ni- 2019, hmm. now there's going to be an election. Now PDP knows that it's losing because of their clear stance with BJP. So right. they are also have to prove to the people that we are also taking a clear stance away from BJP. BJP has to prove that they're distancing from PDP because they know that people don't support PDP. So I think it's a larger
1: conversation which the media is just missing out So there should be more nuance in the debates when it comes to Kashmir, including what you're saying. Um, A media channel or a media organization need not take a stance in favor of a party. I'm saying
2: whether in favor or not, uh, we as media organizations are responsible for putting out these numbers out there in public. Mm -hmm. Because, see, uh, what happened with the uh, previous government, uh, it was continuously bashed for the number of attacks on our security personnel, civilians mm. in Jammu and Kashmir and otherwise. So when when the numbers are increasing, why not do the same? At least people have right to know what's happening there.
1: I think yeah. that is what Nidhi is saying, right? Bringing in these numbers, bringing in more nu- nuance and not just the numbers, bringing in other factors as to the upcoming elections. It all influences the debate and what the parties are doing. It's almost like a like a trap that's set by these politicians right and the media just falls for it
2: yeah because we don't believe in research that matter (laughs) (laughs) i guess
1: (laughs) coming to research uh what have you researched about for this podcast Uh, So, uh, basically,
0: the news um, that should have been uh, Mm -hmm. discussed in a better way, I have a report by the Association for Democratic Reforms. So, basically, I think uh, the report was carried among uh, 31 chief ministers of um, various states and uh, union territories of India. And I think three things in the report really need a serious discussion. We have also carried this, Okay, yeah, report, yeah. Okay, so basically, I think three uh, things in the report deserves a serious discussion, like an elaborate one. I guess the first one, the criminal cases against chief minister. So basically, the report says that out of thirty-one, there are eleven. Uh, there are uh, cases against eleven chief ministers. In which the Maharashtra Chief Minister Devendra fasnavi tops the list with 22 criminal cases. Wow. And the Kerala Chief Minister Vijayan comes second with 11 criminal cases. And coincidentally, I would also like to mention about the 21st uh, political murder that happened yesterday in Kerala, uh, particularly in Kanur. Uh, where a youth congress worker was hacked hacked to death. Uh, and this is the 21st political murder after Pinaray Vijayan came into power. And uh, the second thing that I would like to uh, mention in the report is that assets of CM, uh, chief ministers. So out of 21, 25 chief ministers are padis, And mm-hmm. the, the Andhra Pradesh um, uh, Chief Minister Chandra Babu Naidu. Uh, he, he mean talks out of
3: 25,
0: 21 CMs? No, out of 30, 30, 31 CMs, 25. And the second, and the first one is uh, Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Chandra Babu Naidu with more than uh, 177 crore. Mm-hmm. And the second uh, Chief Minister is Pema Khandu. Uh,
2: Arunachal Pradesh. Yeah, yeah.
0: Arunachal Pradesh with more than 129 crore. And the third one, Punjab G- CM Amarinder Singh with 48 crore and the third one I think is very important the sex ratio among the CM yeah. out of 31 there are only 3 women chief ministers
2: which makes 10% yeah <laughs> so interestingly Chandrababu Naidu uh, owns almost you know more assets when uh, we, we put together David. the assets of uh, 29 or 28 chief ministers so when we compare mm-hmm. the total assets of 29 or 28 chief ministers mm. Chandrababu Naidu alone owns more property than all yeah. these people
1: but that's, the sex ratio is really bad. Like <laughs> yeah, women good. representation, not just in uh, political parties or as chief ministers of state, representation of women in decision-making positions, it's skewed everywhere.
3: Except on this panel, because it's three
1: to one today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the minority. <laughs> Amit. <laughs> Amit, how does it feel to be in the minority? Yeah.
2: I think we are gender-sensitive news organizations, so... It doesn't make a difference whether you are in minority or majority in the panel. Yeah, <laughs> that was the lame ex- explanation.
1: <laughs> that so, was a good explanation. Sherry, so,
3: what do you think should have made the news and didn't make the news?
1: Yeah, I think I thought it was Pranay, Pranay Roy's letter to the Prime Minister where he said, uh, where he called out uh, Subramanyam Swami for uh, accusing NDTV of being involved in money laundering with the G and NBC, and he said that these uh, allegations that Subramanyam Swami had made were false. And I think why it is important for such uh, such a letter to, uh, to get some coverage. I'm not saying it should constitute prime time coverage, but I do think it should have gotten. Some mention because if tweets from personal accounts of a political party's social media person can constitute prime time debate, then a media organization accusing a political party's leader, stating that media is being seriously, uh, media is being silenced, then I think it requires media to stand up and speak out. and We talk about media organizations investigating politicians or investigating reports and finding out if there has a murder has been committed, doing what the police should be doing. Then if a news organization is making such an allegation, why not at least look into it, give it some space so that, you know, there is uh, the issue is alive so that it's not swept under the rug. That is why I thought it required some coverage, which it did not get.
2: Hmm. Then NDTV has, don't you think NDTV has been under constant attack from whether it be the Mm -hmm. agencies or other media houses. So till when and to what extent other media houses, including maybe the news portals, would defend or stand for NDTV?
1: This is something I was thinking about. It's not about defending or standing for NDTV. So you said the right thing, right? They report about when IT department or ED uh, conducts raids. But then why not report on this? I'm not saying stand for it. Don't say that, okay, this is wrong or this is right. But I'm saying report about it. Keep the issue alive. Only then will someone else also look, uh, look into it, right? So many people write letters to the prime minister. It will just be a part of the pile. But if you're reporting about it, there would be some space and maybe... So, that you're saying would stand for independent and free media? I'm and not, not saying... F- correct. Not, uh, do not stand... It's not about standing for one particular organization, but standing for the press's freedom to report.
2: So, uh, I think uh, Shahla is yet to tell us what was not reported.
0: Okay. No, what was reported. Reported. over-reported. Over-reported, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'll... Tell what okay, was not reported. So okay. uh, every time, like I get some news from Kerala, which <laughs> should be a national news. So this time I get a news from uh, Kerala, which shouldn't have been a national. <laughs> but I
1: think that uh, brings in diversity. That and that's because of the diversity of the panel. You also
0: like what kind of news are picking you up? Like so, I just want to ask you how many of you know. Priya Pragash
3: barrier.
2: I think all of us yeah. Did you okay. also send <laughs> a Valentine's
3: Day date request? No you, you What's that? Thi- <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. okay So
0: basically uh, there is this clip of a young Malayalam actress Yeah, yeah
2: I know I know yeah. about okay. the clip yeah. I know about the production okay. house <laughs>
0: <laughs> So basically I think it shouldn't have been What's like What's the
2: name? Uh, Ora Adur
0: uh, Oryu, Oryu Adar, Adar Love. Love. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so, the people who are not familiar with this news, I'll just introduce. So There is a Malayalam actress, Priya Praga. She's. Uh, this is her debut film. And uh, there is a song scene in the movie uh, uh, where she is winging and smiling, uh, which became overnight sensation on internet. So, of course, I know, like, I mean, there is nothing new about media, uh, outlets uh, allocating their resource for all the wrong reasons, but however, this became a national news. But I do believe that I mean, rather than building on this internet sensation, and also there was like some uh, funny uh, post like six six things that you don't know about Priya Prakash and all. they could have like media outlets could have been a bit more serious about I think it. there's
3: one article that did about they looked at all the films where there were winking scenes and how they became famous yeah and this has become very there's
2: one in uh, HT or Indian Express that there's nothing extraordinary in this particular song and oh, oh, they took
3: and the like. uh, other yeah. stars. <laughs> <book>. And <laughs> of, uh, they also
0: made a lot of uh, Mondash and all uh, by putting Trump. So in the place, uh, they removed that boy whom these uh, the uh, these actors were looking at. They put Modi, Trump uh, and all Gandhi, the yeah politicians yeah, and wow. everywhere. Yeah. It was like, okay, nice. But, but yeah.
2: then there is something with the clip, you know. Oh, I mean, really? You
3: felt it? Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah apparently clearly she has this explains the, why
3: it's been like an internet sensation yeah, and
0: she has become the third ag- celebrity uh, who got most number of uh, internet followers in a day wow so
3: yeah that's that's the extent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read articles where she's like, it's changed my life because now I have yeah, more yeah. Valentine's Day. She's request. a
2: Marathi uh, by the way, right? No, if no, I'm she's a right. Kerala.
3: She's from Trishur. She's a Are you know. sure you saw the right girl winking at you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I
2: thought because uh, many Marathi pages were putting up her yeah,
0: pictures. I, but I go to know about it from North Indian friends. I was yeah, like, yeah, I, I didn't a, know. Not like, like, in front of I had no idea about me.
1: this. Uh, Amit, so you were... Talking about your research, yeah. So apart from Priya Prakash,
2: apart from Priya Prakash, we have uh, Rajasthan government's budget, Vasundhara Raje's last uh, budget, which was introduced yes- uh, tabled yesterday. So I have two reasons why this budget should have been discussed. Number one is uh, that the positive side of the budget is that uh, Rajay government has promised of distributing free sanitary napkins. To all women between age of 15 to 45 now this, this is, a very is after Padman. after batman yeah and without selfies so yeah <laughs> this is a very positive step and uh, if, even if we you know kind of keep aside that the elections are uh, around the corner mm-hmm. And uh, this is her last budget. It's very progressive of her because uh, other states which has experimented this in past was Kerala, which uh, I think started a pilot project in 300 government schools. Hmm, and but then it
0: wasn't proved. It was about the uh, sanitary napkin vending machines, okay. not about like.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And the other uh, was in Haryana, where the government had promised to distribute free nap- uh, sanitary napkins to BPL uh, <laughs> women from the BPL families. So this is there, yes. And uh, then uh, we have heard about a lot of stories from Rajasthan, the mm-hmm. horrific stories of uh, cow vigilantism, uh, murder of Pehlu Khan. Mm-hmm. So I won't say in addition to this, but some there is are interesting uh, figures and facts which were in- discussed in the budget. A, that subsidies, fodder subsidies given to the cow shelters has been increased from 90 days to 180 days. Now the government will provide up to 50 lakh rupees for uh, you know uh, constructing a nandi gaushala, which wow. is for bulls, uh, in each district. And then they are also giving 50 crore rupees for construction of shades, drinking water facilities. 50 and crores? Yeah. It's, it's a very small amount, mm, but then yeah. it's, it's a you know, kind of political message to the people. Mm. Yeah, Rajasthan. So you are also so uh, when you say that this is the last budget before the elections so you keep in mind that there are a lot of things which are, ju- ju- are done just election budget yeah election mm-hmm. budgets so kind of uh, trying to uh, satisfy every section mm-hmm. of the society so one thing is clear here that gaurakshaks the cow vigilantes are also a particular uh, section of the voters that the BJP Mm -hmm. or the Rajya government is going to target in 2019 elections. Uh, Sorry, 18, I guess, if I'm not wrong. And uh, then there's another small story, and then I'll finish my lecture, whatever (laughs) you consider it. It's uh, that the DIP, (coughs) the Department for Publicity, has stopped uh, a 60-second TV ad of uh, Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal mm-hmm. they have not given their clearance now the thing is as per rules uh, the department needs to check the fact and figures mm-hmm. in the ad so uh, and the what's the reason can can anyone tell me what could be the reason for not clearing the ad Nidhi I don't you know I've already, only heard yeah. those
3: Arvind Kejriwal ads on radio waves, like Bacho
1: suno." Yeah, no
2: those are nice ads by the way
1: really <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Amit, you've been reviewing a lot of AAPADs.
2: Yeah. Are you
1: correspondent?
2: So, the thing is, the department said that uh, there's a phrase, uh, Drisha or Drisha Shakti, which you have
0: Now,
2: what the department did was, they said, uh, while they have sent the figures and facts and statistics to different mm-hmm. departments to cross check whether they, they are factually right or not they said we don't know which department we should send this particular thing to the seen statement? and unseen uh, forces which help the government now i'm just so.
1: wondering do they also fact check everything that modi and yogi adityanath say
2: no according to you okay i'll i'll let's guess which department should check into that whether there were seen and unseen forces helping the aam aadmi party government in delhi or not
3: this is like some
1: booth department <laughs> <laughs> no idea
2: yeah so Say Clearly, up. this this was uh, done in order to... You know, no. I mean, you can't check proverbs, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so that was the thing. I think the national media should have given it importance that why and how these things are being done. Well, you can keep on bashing the Arvind Kejriwal government in Delhi, but there are uh, things that we should also question that why uh, these bureaucratic uh, blockets are being put... Mm -hmm. in front of the government. And these are shittiest kind of excuses which would be given. And can we imagine uh, UP government uh, Babu doing this to Yogi Adityanath? Mm. And also this is not the first time by the the last uh, year uh, when uh, the finance minister and deputy chief minister of Delhi Mm -hmm. wanted to do a Facebook live. The same department said that we don't have technical capacities to uh, perform the Facebook live, which Mm -hmm. needs what? Shahla can tell us in order to do a facebook live wall what kind of internet skill connection set and <laughs> <laughs> a mobile phone Yo. that's it so yeah that's it from my side
1: so Yo. you also didn't tell what should not have made news no uh, i think uh, amit uh, took my point away which i was talking about uh, mufti's Uh, comments about um, yeah, Mufti's comments about uh, sorry, so basically Mehbooba Mufti uh, said that or rather she was advocating for a dialogue with Pakistan and uh, channels such as Times Now and Republic labelled her as pro-Pakistani if a politician is advocating for a dialogue like again, you don't have to take a stand or you don't have to label the politician you can just present what they said with context so i think the narrative that they gave to a speech mm. was incorrect similarly i think yeah but i th- anyway go on huh similarly i think they uh, them uh, news channels not fact-checking Prime Minister Modi's speech in the parliament. I thought it required that there was hardly any media organization, like mainstream media organizations, that did a fact check. And I think when a prime minister is putting forth a speech, then and uh, when s- uh, so many allegations are ma- being made against the opposition, I think it requires uh, to check whether these allegations are credible or not. Mm. So that is something i think that should have made news patent. Um so before we yeah, you expert your comments. I'm not an expert please don't ever call me
3: an expert. <laughs> I'm but staying before, far away from that word.
1: Hmm. Before we go into the recommendations, uh Nidhi you've uh, we've started a new series where you interview a uh, couple of party spokespersons. So do you want to share what's coming up. Plug it. Right. <laughs> so it was an idea that uh, Abhinandan proposed that we interview
3: spokespersons of different parties because we obviously see them uh, sort of shouting and screaming almost every day on our uh, TV screens. But uh, what what really entails a spokesperson's job? Like sometimes do they refuse to go on shows if their, uh, if their personal opinion doesn't align with the party? Uh, also, a lot of these spokespersons have been involved in various sort of scandals. So we asked them about that so it's been it's also been very interesting unfortunately we have only one woman we were able to interview so we interviewed Kavita Krishnan and her interview will be up soon Um, I really wish we had some more women I also wish we could have interviewed spokespersons from the south Um, but we haven't been logistically because of logistical reasons we haven't been able to do that Uh,
1: but yeah so the series should be out and you'll find the uh, link to the first interview below and this is where I think our subscribers need to come in and pay up so that we can make it possible for you to go down south and interview. No,
3: no, I want to go up. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we definitely need money. <laughs> so, yeah. so
2: Maybe you can take a leave in, you know, under the pretext of interviewing someone from Kerala.
3: Right. You're the Kerala expert. So, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> Stella,
1: what? <are laughs>
0: What are your recommendations? So, yeah, I'll recommend a documentary, uh, which is called a documentary about disappearance. So uh, I had spoken about uh, a Muslim youth in Kerala, uh, Zakaria Mohammed in last podcast, mm-hmm. who has been um, uh, arrested uh, for a Bangalore blast case. And it's been a decade now. Uh, despite all the witnesses have come out uh, saying that they were not aware of these cases. And the all. under-trial. Yeah. So basically this uh, documentary talks about
1: uh, the whole case and mm-hmm. his arrest and everything. So yeah. That's Is there a particular reason this documentary stood out for you? Uh, yeah. So basically I uh, like... Uh,
0: I, I was interested in the documentary because uh, uh, the director uh, of this documentary, who had made uh, uh, an earlier one, which is really nice. So, the, which is which was about Bhimapalli firing, which ha- okay. which also happened in Kerala, and uh, it was a communal riot. And mm-hmm. the, the media uh, coverage of that was re- really really uh, it was far from reality actually. Okay. So this documentary uh, was became popular because it brought out a different narrative
3: of the whole communal riot. It's really nice for a change, I think, that Delhi has to fight to make space for itself in this panel discussion.
2: <laughs> no, no, I think we can... Irrespective of whether you give importance to Delhi or not, it remains important.
3: Okay, if you say I, so. I make sure there's <laughs> at least
2: one story about I think Delhi, someone from
3: outside Delhi should say that. Not when you're like living and reporting <laughs> in Delhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So Amit, what's your recommendation? Uh,
2: I have one recommendation. Uh, it's the caravan cover. It's basically a profile of uh, Jagmeet Singh and uh, status of the uh, Sikh ca- uh, Canadians. Uh, Jagmeet Singh is also the leader of the New Democratic Party of Canada and uh, the first seek I believe to become the leader of the NDP so it's a good uh, cover package yeah and on behalf of Rohin I believe and he'll not protest uh, if he does so we'll get to know in the next episode uh, you haven't rec- even asked him. Wow! <laughs> 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 so
0: yeah, I'll then you can't say
3: on behalf of Rohan. Okay. So
2: uh, I recommend uh, Ravish Kumar's You're speech. You're a
3: reporter, no? <laughs> you haven't even <laughs> asked your source, so we can use his quote.
2: We can verify with him later. So Ravish Kumar's speech in, uh, in the Harvard India Conference. Mm-hmm. At least all reporters should listen to it.
1: So he's a Hindi reporter. So Hindi reporter no, no, speech ma, p- I
2: loved it. I loved this.
1: Why speech. did you like it so much?
2: Maybe you can listen to it and then decide.
1: I will decide for myself. Why? Why did you like it?
2: Let the suspense be there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: have you heard it? Are you it? sure you heard <laughs> it? Yes, <I> have heard it? <laughs> 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 it's
2: a complete package of what Ravish Kumar have been has been uh, talking about in the past about how there's a godi media, how the gov- the government of media runs the country and decides the agenda of the country, and uh, while the real issues related to farmers, youth, employment, these are left uh, and we spend hours and hours in debating uh, issues related to religion, communal violence, uh, attacking the opposition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's
1: it. So Nadi, what's your recommendation?
3: Um, My recommendation is this piece in a website called Mandovice if I'm pronouncing it right it focuses mostly on news from Palestine, Israel and the states Mm -hmm. Uh, the piece is called A Palestine-Israel Language Trap it speaks about so the author is talking about how he himself is a reporter and he talks about how he keeps away from words like occupation conflict and peace and expert Mm -hmm. expert so (laughs) he says that these words you have something to add?
2: quote, unquote, expert.
3: Quote, unquote, expert. So he says these words are essentially very paralyzing words that sort of take us away from the scene of crime, which allows us to politicize issues. And he says these words actually lead you to a conversation where you want to use fictitious terms like peace talks. Mm -hmm. He calls it fictitious and fraudulent, the the term peace talks. Mm -hmm. So he says that, the the problem is in media we use language to define problems sometimes even deliberately uh inaccurately and incorrectly so that you steer people away from the right solution mm-hmm. right and you also stop looking at com- one side completely so in the light of everything we've spoken today about kashmir and the kind of reportage i think this makes an excellent read it's not a it's not a latest article but i just thought that i should recommend this
1: um yeah, so I think it's a great sure. article and everybody should read it. Uh, before I come to my recommendation, I want to talk about another piece that I felt didn't make news. It was Caravan's follow-up story on uh, Judge Loya's death where they have spoken to a medical expert, w- who is India's foremost forensic expert, Dr. R.K. Sharma. And in the report, uh, the forensic expert's expert points out that, um, or rather points out that it wasn't a heart attack. He rules out ha- uh, the heart attack. It's a and poisoning, no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no evidence or the poison couldn't be identified. But uh, sort of the damage that the brain suffered... Hmm. congestion is the term that they have used so that indicates that the brain suffered an injury so calcified just, huh? yeah so again this being such a sensitive issue the cji being involved four judges senior most judges coming forward and speaking and also you know pointing out the different things that are going behind this that are going on behind the scenes within the supreme court i think this requires the media to talk about this Mm. to just keep the issue alive also the media should be reporting about the hearing that's going on Mm. like we should know what's going on so that i think
2: most of the television channels do run a ticker on Mm it and then you have websites like live law bar and bench covering giving detailed coverage Correct. On the issue.
1: Those yeah. are legal websites. Those are not national. I
2: think tickers are fine uh, until unless there's a big development mm-hmm. in the case.
1: Just to sort
3: of draw a parallel when the when the four judges came out um they, I also felt like you know, BJP at that time said that we shouldn't politicize it, the court should be allowed to take their own steps, let's not make politics involved into this. And just looking at the kind of statement Nirmala Raman gave yesterday about we have to stand with our army and contextualize the issue, mm-hmm. I just it just is so contradictory. It's
2: army, dude. So, army bola, debate khatam yes <laughs>
3: like <laughs> <situation>
2: yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's it's really unfair like you start, like the media also doesn't want to go back and look at these things contextually right you just mm-hmm. want to discuss what happened today what happened yesterday it's, it just so gets that's, redundant that's
2: standard uh, statement by bjp leaders in any and every case these days
3: and hence republics as well we stand for you know, like
2: <laughs> if there's a if there's a brutal rape in haryana don't politicize the issue The floods in Mumbai don't politicize the issue.
1: But you can use the parliament floor to politicize the issue, right?
2: No comments if you're (laughs) referring to our (laughs) prime minister.
1: Okay, uh, but just uh, one last point before my recommendation. While I agree that when there isn't a big development ticker is sufficient, I think debates surrounding legal developments is more nuanced and requires more reportage that a ticker can't handle. I think which we are missing in general. Uh, So my recommendation is a piece in the Atlantic. It's called The Selective Empathy of Me Too Backlash. What really stood out to me in this piece was one particular statement where the author, Megan Garber, she says that the male perspective remains uh, stubbornly and perniciously, the default point of view like even though there have been progressive arguments still the de- uh, default point of view is of a man so that really mm-hmm. stood out to me which is why this and she says how yeah she goes on to explain she she's basically using a tweet by uh, president trump where he goes on to say, uh, like, lives and careers are being destroyed because of a mere allegation. So she goes on to point out how that it wasn't just one mere allegation, first of all. Like, there have been 19 allegations against him itself. And there have been multiple allegations, testimonies, and evidences against so many people. So just sort of saying that one man's point of view is what we are being using. Not just Trump, but it's the male point of view that becomes the default. We look at things using their perspective. So. Hmm.
2: Oh, by the way, there's another list which has come out a few days yeah. back with 7 or 11 names. On.
1: What,
3: is that the uh,
1: journalists and all yes. of that?
3: Yeah. Yes. Hmm. There
0: were a lot of other lists also which came out during Me to campaign only. Yeah. But yeah. I think yeah. it was yeah. ignored. Because no, I... Th- maybe
3: yeah regarding MeToo movement uh, there was also a very interesting piece called the new feminist war so mm-hmm. this author talks about how the MeToo movement has led to a conflict between young women versus old women hmm. so it was, it, it was on spectator yeah. and it was very interesting uh I mean, I'm very confused. I don't completely agree with her narrative. But she also talks about how... It's a valid point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I
1: think this is something uh, Abhinandan would have spoken about this. I even think it's there time. in every
0: way. This generation, even in politics, academics, not just about one yeah. particular debate. But I think, yeah, it's there everywhere. So, it's just a reflection. Yeah. What even Abhinandan
1: saying? was pointing out last time that, you know, when we talk about the me too campaign, it is old men writing about this or old people writing about this I'm not really sure Mm. what he was saying but I would like him to weigh in on this about this Mm. age gap when you're commenting about certain things that young people are going through but the perspective is from those who are or who belong to a different generation then how does that influence the I don't necessarily
3: agree with the generational gap argument but uh, because she complains about lack of nuance but her piece also talks about a clear binary so her piece is based on the binary of old and young. And then she says that the young don't look at nuance and like are extremely opinionated and take opposing positions. So that
1: way I wasn't sure, but it was still a very interesting uh, read. Okay, so you'll find the link of that recommendation below as well. Okay, so that was it for today. Uh, pay to keep news free. Subscribe to News Laundry because when advertisers pay, advertisers are served. When news consumers pay,